and welcome back everybody to week four of the Vlix podcast. I almost said the name wrong. <laughs> I'm your host tonight, Jabo. And today we're joined again by Pete. I'm here and I can't believe we did four of these. Danan. Hello. And Ken. Yes. <laughs> Ken's thanks being, thanks Ken, for paying attention, Ken's, Ken. Ken's being a little shy today, apparently. He's the, uh, the one word answer man today. No. Are you sure about that, buddy? No. Oh, Ken, oh, Ken will get into it. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll oh, I know. It. He'll start it. Uh, so today I want to start out with giving a quick shout out to my buddy from the Flint Firebirds for a happy birthday to Dominic Henning, the voice of the Flint Firebirds. Happy birthday, buddy. I hope it was a good one. And I hope your team wins tonight as we're recording this. They are on the air on us103.com. So if you want to listen to Dominic talk about his favorite hockey team, that's where you want to listen to. So how you guys doing? How was your week? It was like every week busy. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Did you have your, what was your, what was your one word answer? Good. It was good? Oh, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. It's good. <clears throat> yeah, everything's going well. So, uh, P wants this week to talk about spooky movies. It is, it is, it is October. Was that one word or was that multiple words? That's one word. It's one. multiple, multiple <laughs> O's. I wonder if you could actually go the whole entire night with just saying one word sentences and get through everything. I think he can, but he's got a segment that he's going to want to speak that's possible and it's not this segment it's not because this is all about pete <laughs> this is because when pete brought this topic up my reply was what if you don't have any asking for a friend <laughs> and my reply was what he said <laughs> because so and actually took me a second so i actually had to go find a list of the top 150 scary movies to find out that there is actually a few of the movies who, that I have watched and enjoyed watching that were classified as a scary movie. Number one on that list to me being Shaun of the Dead. And I was surprised because I get it that that was kind of a zombie movie, but I really didn't think it was a scary movie. I but, would qualify that as a comedy. But Rotten Tomatoes... Com. I know, I know, because it had zombies in it. And yes. genuine suspense. Okay, okay. Jump scares. I'll give it, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah. It's so, awesome. I was surprised. So, I ended up actually having, like, five or six movies that were technically scary movies that I could actually talk about. However, I'm pretty sure that the scary movies that you want to talk about, <laughs> I haven't even bothered to watch. Oh, no. not Actually, not very many people have watched these these movies that are my favorites. So what's number five? Oh, well, number five, actually, let's skip five because number five changes. So this list is, is the list of movies that is mandatory in my mind that I have to watch, and I think you should too, for Halloween in October. It's a really long list. 
It's Here. quite the list. Is it like list? an advent calendar of movies that, that you have to watch? Is it, it should be. It should be. I, you know, you open a little door on the advent calendar, there should be like something that pops out at you, like a scary zombie face, and then it just kind of holds on to the movie that you have to watch for that day. That should exist. It should hold VH, VHS tapes. Oh, It's like yeah. a giant Mo- size of your wall advent the sad part, Laser discs. <laughs> the sad part about this is most of these movies on my list, the last time I actually saw them, and I have, and I still have them, are VHS tapes because a lot of them are hard to find, unfortunately. So, start so, the list. so this list isn't actually in any particular order. Okay. But so the first one, again, not in any particular order, is is obviously the classic Halloween. Uh, and it's it's pretty man. Most people have seen it. Album. Yeah, I've seen parts of it. But I've yeah. never actually like sat and watched the entire movie, start to finish. So, when I watch movies and scary movies, I will watch them a little bit like Jonathan watches them, a little differently. I like to watch. I really pay attention to the shots and the storyline. I really, really pay attention to the acting and the sets and the locations. So, like, it, it's not strange for me to say, "Oh, that's a great shot." When I'm watching a movie, and I'm sure Jonathan, who's who's pretty much a, a a film creator, watches movies in much the same way. Yeah, I have a tendency to more pick apart like the cinematography. Um, one of the movies that sticks out in my mind of the current uh, dec- last decade for sure for cinematography was um, Walter Smitty. Yep, yep. You told me about that one. That movie, the cinematography from that movie was amazing some of the shots from um from greenland you mean the secret life of walter mitty yeah i just didn't say the full name sorry you didn't even say the second name right oh that's again because i'm stupid that's not why that's not why you just don't know just pointing out i want to make sure that you know well, that's are, the only thing i do know I just, is that i know nothing i just <laughs> want to make sure that people are interested in this film based on what you say about it that they know how to find it Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it does. Ken said the right name. Whatever he said, say that. I don't remember what he said still. Okay, so again, I chose Halloween because of how it's filmed and how it builds suspense. And I think it's masterfully done. And the beautiful part about Halloween is there's no gore. There's no gore in Halloween at all. There's stabbings. I think there might be a tiny trace of blood. Right, but, but you not don't. Like today. Not like today, and that's the difference. I mean, that movie proves that you do not need gore to make a good horror movie. Did Scream have a lot of gore? Scream did not. Scream did not have gore. Scream was okay, you know, as as a slasher flick. I mean, it's it doesn't even rank in my top ten. But I mean, it was it wasn't a bad movie. Now, yeah. when you get to sequels, as you as you when you get to sequels with any of these slasher flicks, they just continue to get worse. Like Halloween Two was passable, and then it just started to fall apart because Halloween Three had nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah. Okay, and the same thing goes for the Nightmares and Elm Streets. Although the Nightmare and Elm Streets are are interesting because they stopped with the horror and they started with the fun, so they got funnier as they went on. So they're fun to watch in that respect. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Halloween, mandatory. The other one, and you can pick either Evil Dead 1 or Evil Dead 2, but it's got to be Evil Dead. Yeah. See, Dana agrees with me. Those are good. 
because not only is it one stars Bruce Campbell, one of my most favorite actors of all time. I remember Bruce, him from Psych. Yeah, Bruce needs to be on this show. And I think that would be fantastic. He's from Michigan. Would you go on a date with him? Yeah, I totally would. I'd pay. You'd go on a mandate with Bruce. I'd I'd go on a mandate with Bruce Campbell. He would have stories. You hear it here. That's for sure. That guy would have great stories. Oh, he would. uh, He has a book, um, and it's fantastic. And it talks about the making of Evil Dead and all of his B movies. It's called Hail to the Chin: Confessions of a B Movie Actor. I believe. Uh, Yeah, I think I've heard of that one. It's fantastic. It's just a great read. And Evil Dead, again, how it's filmed, both of them, one and two. One's notorious for the... I'm just adjusting. Okay, one's notorious for the tree rape scene. Right. Okay, so... Wait, he rapes a tree or a tree? No, the tree captures a woman and then rapes her, but it doesn't actually show the rapage. It's implied. Yeah. It's It's heavily implied. A vine slides up her skirt. Yeah, yeah. Then they cut away. They cut away. Yeah, see, they're a little bit classy. That's but someone also gets stabbed point. in the ankle. Yeah, was, that's where I was. Right, I was like, well, they tried right to right behind the, some Japanese right. anime. heel and just digging in there with a pencil. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, somebody gets stabbed with a pencil in the Achilles heel. That one just makes and, you cringe. And um, the second one is just again brilliantly filmed. The shots they use, I mean, the running shot through the forest of that is great. And all they did was put a camera on a two by four and have two guys run through the forest with it. And the effect that that created was amazing. And from, from pushing the camera through the windows and breaking of the window and the rig that they created for that was genius. I mean, just watch that movie. When you watch Evil Dead, pay attention to the shots of that. Raimi did a fantastic job with that movie, for, especially for as young as they were when they did it. Right. Yeah, they just made that whole thing up. They did. So third, and again, I, I'm going to give you a warning with this one. This, this movie needs a warning because don't eat anything <laughs> while you're watching this film. I think Dana knows which one I'm going to talk know. about. Do not eat food while watching this film. Dead Alive. Dead Alive. Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, Dead Alive Jesus. is don't look at oatmeal. the first <laughs> movie by Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed in New Zealand. Right. And not the, only and it is one of where the... Where Peter Jackson makes all of his movies. Yes. Not only is it one of the goriest... The movies if you like gore sure. <laughs> the opposite of halloween yes but it's funny it's hilarious the movie is so much fun i mean who's the zombie gets his head knocked off and a little gnome gets put in there and then the zombie runs around with a gnome head for the rest of the movie it's hilarious one of the penultimate scenes is the guy straps a lawnmower to his chest and runs through a room full of zombies and yeah. it's, it's just splashes of everything and the movie is so much fun but do not watch it while eating what so yeah. okay explain to me a nice big bowl of soup why don't i want to watch it while i'm eating you don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it right you don't want to watch it while you're eating because you will get physically ill with some of the things that you see in this it's movie gross it's really gross like oh, i just watched the trailer online and i don't think you, the trailer doesn't show you what like there's there's a scene where his grandmother's turning into a zombie and I'm going to talk about this scene, and I'm not going to ruin the rest of the movie because there's so much great stuff in this movie. But she eats a dog. And the guy's trying to find this dog, and when he finds his grandmother in the room, she's got the dog's tail hanging out of her mouth, right? So he's like, oh, no, and he runs up, and he pulls the dog, and the whole deflated dog body comes out of her mouth, and it's disgusting. 
but the reaction of the actor with I think was it Timothy Roth? Somebody like that. The, the reaction him, of the actor is a, hilarious, and the movie is fantastic in so many ways. Yep. Yeah, that one was a... I'm surprised how many I've seen on this list. I didn't think I'd seen any See? scary movies. See? Um, so another one on my list that I have to watch every Halloween is actually not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's not. It has horror in the title. Does, does anybody know what about, I, I need to Rocky watch Rocky Horror Picture Show? The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Thank you, Ken. This must be on everybody's Halloween watch list. Right. Because it's just so much fun. And if you can't get over the fact that the guy is dressed as a woman, then I'm sorry. You need to you need to come up to the modern modern age here. But I've never watched it. I'll call Damn myself it, out. Janet. I, will I love call you. Myself out for it. I have not watched that movie. Oh, it's it's great. It's so much fun and the songs are really infectious. I've seen parts of it. Yeah, you know, that's really about what I've seen is like parts of it and heard so much about it and through the culture and yeah, the songs and it's like I mean I've had friends and stuff like that tell thing. me about it and stuff but I've never just like sat and actually watched it. Yeah, this is something that my girlfriend and I watch every Halloween. We watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Lots of fun. <clears throat> so those are my four mandatory, and then the fifth one changes and I have quite a list. Here, right. Can I just read through part of that? And list? I'll read through part of this list. Um, so we have what's called, and this is the first, the very first slasher flick. The very first in the woods slasher flick. And it's called Bay of Blood. It was done in 1971 by the director Mario Bava, who's an Italian director. And basically he built the slasher genre, this guy. And Bay of Blood is the first, the very first kind of, you can say, slasher flick. It, it, it opened the way for the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and those kind of movies. Um, I highly recommend it. It's 1971, so, you know, it's got that old gritty feel to it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see the precursor to the 80s slashers, that's the first one you have to watch. Another gem is called The Burning. And the burning is another wood slasher, and it, it it's it's basically about um, a former like grounds keeper that was burnt by children at this camp. So he comes back and he kills them with hedge clippers. Is it a cover of this or a reference to that at some point? I think with the groundskeeper Willie. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But this one stars a very young Jason Alexander. Really? from Seinfeld fame. And surprisingly, he doesn't actually have all his hair even then. <clears throat> so it's 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 pretty funny. There's a raft scene where Cropsy comes up out of the water and like all these kids are on the raft and he starts kind of hacking them a little bit to bits and it's a, just a really fun scene. So I have another that I like to watch and it's called you can you can kind of categorize it as a Christmas movie I call. I guess it's called Black Christmas. And that was 1984. They did a remake of this. But this one is um, a classic. And it stars Margaret Kidder before she went crazy. Lois Lane. Uh, right. Oh, poor Margaret. Yep. A very, very fun movie. One of the first movies, if not the first movie, to use the first poise person point of view of the killer. Hmm. So yeah. very neat. 
Um, if you like ghost movies, I recommend a movie called The Changeling. I still have not seen that, and I have your copy of it. I was wondering where that went. <laughs> um, I recommend it. It stars uh, George C. Scott. And it's a very well done ghost movie. It uses suspense and sound only to create this the spooky atmosphere where George Scott is kind of in this mansion by himself. He's just a lonely, crotchety old man that moves into this mansion just basically to be himself, but he's not by himself. It's a fantastic movie. Um, if you like light and color, very creative sets, Suspiria by um, Dario Argento. And again, Dario this is basically a witch coven tale where a girl goes to a school and it happens to be run by a coven that she finds out. But what you want to watch in Suspiria is the light effects and the sets. And Argento does a lot of work. Um, he's another Italian director. He does a lot of work with um, kind of a magic theme. Um, if you really want to go old school, I recommend Nosferatu, <laughs> silent right. film, one of the first silent films ever made. And then a classic, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, oh. 19, I want to say 32? It's been on my list for a while, actually, since like film school. they. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And the sets are gorgeous. And it's a beautifully made, beautifully made silent film. I mean, the makeup, obviously, you're going to have like the white face with the black eyes, obvious. But if you really want to see art... That movie is art. Mm. Very well done. Um, I've got a ton more. I'm going to run through them just really quick. Um, that 1988, The Blob, the remake of the original, fantastic. Um, there's a little-known movie called Night of the Creeps, hmm. 1986, that stars uh, space slugs that will climb <laughs> down through your mouth and, in, and infect you uh, and take over your body, and then explode out of your head that's how they reproduce great movie <clears throat> good premise um so alice sweet alice another good flash uh slasher flick um another good slasher flick is just before dawn it stars some inbred creepy twins as the protagonists it's pretty good um pumpkin head naturally scary movie phantasm just fun and if you like evil dead and you like dead alive i recommend blood diner Blood Diner is another one of those overly gory, super funny movies. Very hard to find, however. So good luck if you want to watch that one. What's it called? Blood Diner. Blood Diner. Huh? Blood Diner. Super fun. Um, and then the classic Reanimator, obviously. Another one of those cheesy, funny movies. Um, as far as new movies, I'm well, not a Blood big... Diner is now available on Blu-ray. Nice. So you can get Blood Diner on Blu-ray, and I recommend it. Tons of fun. So with the new movies... Dude, look at I, this guy's hair. <laughs> he's looking at Blood Diner, obviously. He's got the axe? Yeah. And it's the... a great movie. Wow. Yeah, I recommend looking. it. Highly recommend it. Um, the new movies, I feel a lot of them rely too much on gore to tell their story. Like, I hated Saw. Hated it. Movies yeah. like Hostel. I mean, that's the wrong kind of suspense, in my opinion. See, now you're just cringing because you know it's going to hurt instead of you're cringing because you know you don't know what's going to happen next. Right. There's a okay. difference there. Which is one of the reasons why I do not like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sorry. 
Toby uh, Hooper. That one. Kind of, he's a great director, but he relied more on the gore effect and the disgust effect. Right. To well, it do seems his like movies. a lot of those are trying to just imagine different ways that you could kill a person. And then making a movie about all those different ways that you thought of to kill a person. Well, and, and that can be fun because Bay of Blood, like I said with the first slasher, it kills kills people in really strange, kind of neat ways. But, I mean, you, there's there's a way to do it. Because in Bay of Blood, you don't see it coming. It's And it's there. It's like a snap and you turn and suddenly somebody's dead. And you're like, holy cow, where'd that come from? Right. But when you see it coming, when, you, when the needle's going into the skin... You don't you don't really need to show that. Well, there's one thing from Texas Chainsaw Massacre that always sticks with me, and I think it was the newer one. It wasn't the original. Um, but there's a scene where, like, one of the kids had been captured first or whatever, and one of the other kids finds him, and he's, like, up on a meat hook. Like, they just took him, put it right through his back, and he's just hanging there on a meat hook and uh, still alive. And just that thought freaks me out. And, like, he was dangling above a piano i think like his toes could just touch the keys see that's a and, nice touch and then right they there. the the girl finds him and is like trying to rescue him or whatever and, and isn't strong enough but tries to like lift him up and then it's just like apparently worse you know now that you've settled into this meat hook in your back now someone's moving you around and you're like stop 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 like oh crap that sucks it's like those kind of things where they they end up trapped or like a uh, house of wax okay do you see that one where the one kid's um at the piano Right. right, and the other kid finds him and tries to peel the wax off to save his friend, and just rips half of his face off, and and there's just like this tear coming down his face, of like, oh god, that hurts so much, and I can't do anything about it. Like, that stuff. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, that's okay, but like the but yeah, as a the, film, as a whole piece. Yeah, the overall just reliance on gore. Now, I did say, you know, dead alive is disgusting. You'll see what I mean when you watch it. Yeah, it's like fire hose of blood. It's kind of it's ridiculous, and that's why it's fun. Yeah, it's over the top, and Peter Jackson did it that way, and that's why it's fun. Um, of the new movies, I did watch Hereditary the other night. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's pretty well done. It's got a very Rosemary's Baby ending to it, which is a Polanski movie. Which screw Pulaski, by the way. He's a piece of he's a terrible person. He rapes a girl and then runs out of the country. I don't care. To hell with Polanski. But Hereditary had a very Rosemary's Baby type of ending to it, where you know something bad just happened or is about to happen, and then it ends. Which was a nice touch in Hereditary. I didn't actually see it coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as of the new movies, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm like really surprised that you didn't bring up Jaws. And the fact that they were the first one to do the the cart zoom method for uh, the suspense shot, where they're pulling back on the on the trolley and zooming in at the same ratio, so you get that weird effect, you know, with the zoom. Yeah, well, I don't actually count Jaws as a horror movie. It's on the list, dude. I know it's on the list, but I don't. I in my mind, Jaws is, isn't really a horror movie. Suspense, maybe? Maybe suspense? More of an action. Yeah, I, I feel think. like it's more of an action movie. But yes, Jonathan is right that if you look at the list of horror movies, Jaws is always on there. But I don't but feel I like it's on the list. Horror of, if horror movie qualifies as you think, you think the bad guy's dead, and all of a sudden he pops up again. No, it's <laughs> a lot of these. A lot of these movies that I talked about that that doesn't generally happen. Um. The burning ended when it ended. 
um, Bay of Blood ends. Oh, I'm not gonna tell you how it ends. It's kind of a nice little twist at the end. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna so you did you? Watch did like you? Did you see the any of the ones that I put on my little list? Yeah, I've seen Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Go through your list real quick. So the ones I've seen um, in no particular order was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Saw that. Yep. I thought it was great until the aliens. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right. We'll, Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was great up until that point, though. We'll we'll bleep that out. Okay. No. Um, Shaun of the Dead, which we both talked about. It's tons of fun. Yes, it's yep. a fun movie. Zombieland. Again, Zombieland. I feel like that's not a horror movie. That's a, yeah. that's a, a comedy. comedy. If if it's if it's a horror movie because it has zombies in it, sure. But yes. I did not consider that a horror movie. Again, no. awesome movie. I thought it was tons of fun. Yep. Again, it was on the Rotten Tomatoes list. Yep. Um, Attack the Block. Did you see that one? I did not see that one, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. I remember the name of it, and that was the reason why I watched it because I used to watch a show called Attack of the Show on G Four. Uh, back when that was still around. Was Attack the Block the English movie? Yeah. Okay, and I know what you're talking about. And Attack of the Show was the rise of Olivia Munn, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then one I watched with uh, Tristan one time was Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. <laughs> um, it's fun, but I feel it's overrated. But it's funny in a lot of parts, yes. Yeah. I don't think it's deserving of its rating on Netflix. I don't know what its rating is on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. I have no idea. I literally just went through the list and was like, oh, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Jaws is on here right now. They're number 16. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't feel so like they're Jaws number, is a, So this is their name. number one through five. Okay, let's hear. Rotten Tomatoes says number one is Get Out from 2017. I actually didn't see that I was going to ask you about if you'd seen that. No, I need to see Because a lot of people were talking about how that was one of the great new horror movies. I need to see it. I haven't seen it yet, and it is on my list. Number two, The Cabinet of Dr. Dr. Caligari. Yeah, I mentioned that. That's a silent film. Uh, Number three, A Quiet Place. I did see that. Um, There's a lot of plot holes. Quite a few. Dana and Dana's laughing. I've only heard, I didn't see the movie, but I'd only heard about all of the plot holes. Purely as a piece of entertainment. It's, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's very well done. It's fun as the piece of entertainment, yes. The monster looks like the monster from Stranger Things, however. Mm. Like, almost exactly. It's really weird. Carry on. Uh, number four, Psycho. Yeah, okay. We're gonna, Not a uh, horror movie. That's a suspense thriller. It's, yeah. Again, Okay. Oh, the are we talking about half, the original one? Or yeah, the, the original yeah, 1960. The, the first half of Psycho. I'm sorry. I love Hitchcock. He's probably one of my favorite directors. He probably is my favorite director. He's done wonderful things. Rear Window, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Rear Window, Vertigo, North by Northwest. Rope is a great movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the first half of Psycho is boring as hell. It just is. It's really boring. And then once you get to the the motel, hotel, motel, motel, it's fantastic, and it's well done. If you can just chop off the whole first half of the movie, I'm on board with that. Right, right on. We we suffer from a a different view on pacing as far as movies go. Like anything from earlier than 1980 is painfully slow. Uh, No, not really. You can find some gems here and there if you're looking. Um, like I said, like these movies, a lot of these horror movies are from the seventies. A lot of the old Bond movies 
weren't that slow. No, the Bond movies weren't. Some of them Bond movies aren't known for being packed with action anyway. I mean, there's always... No, there was just... You know, there's there's ebb and flow as far as as pacing is concerned. So what's what's number five? Did you give us four? I gave you I gave you four, okay. and I really don't know if I even want to say number five. Just say it. This is like I would never. I actually want to disagree with him one hundred percent on this. Okay, go. King Kong, nineteen thirty three. Okay, um, for its time, great cinema. For its time, excellent cinema. Not great special a horror effects. Film. But no. yeah, thank you, Ken. Not, not a horror film. Not 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 in thirty three, not in eighty four, not at any point. Not two if, years ago. If you want to talk about a horror movie from that time period, um, has anybody ever seen Freaks? Yeah, that's a messed up movie, man. Well, yeah, I don't know about horror, but it'll certainly give you nightmares. It's unnerving, and I think that's what it's unnerving. That's a good. It's word unnerving, and I think that's kind of what horror movies are supposed to be—a little bit unnerving. Yes, they'll give you nightmares, but yeah, Freaks was. Freaks, I, I would consider Freaks a horror movie. Uh, Freaks is number 23. Wow, so he's on the list. list. Right, well, of course. Jaws is number sorry. 16. Aliens is uh, number 19. Now, funny funny enough, like Alien with Sigourney Reaver, I actually don't qual- qual- quantify as a horror movie. No. Again, it's action sci-fi. Film. Action it's film. a monster. Sci-fi action movie. film. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Um, Sigourney Reaver owned that movie. She made that movie with her acting. Oh, yeah. I guess no. they were at first going to have a the alien played by a dog in a rubber suit, and then realized it looks so ridiculous that they decided to go somewhere else. What I find troubling is that they actually, like, somebody had that idea and didn't immediately think it looked ridiculous. Right. They went so far as costume tests, and it's like, oh, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Be like, um, yeah, the, the, the idiot who just brought your coffee can tell you that that wasn't going to work. Like, it's a terrible idea. Right. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods, number 36. I actually heard that was okay. I actually didn't see it. I heard there's a big plot twist at the end. That's, I heard that too. I heard that too. There was there was a, you talk I talk about dogs. There was a show. It's terrible. I don't recommend watching it. But it's called the I think it's called the Night of the Killer Shrews. Old like sixties black and white cheese fest. And the shrews are basically dogs with shrew costumes on them. <laughs> it was hilarious. Don't watch it. But. Right. So at that point, during Aliens, there was already photographic evidence that it was a terrible idea. And they still went forward with testing. We're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's You can't even put a dog in a dog costume and have it be scary. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's... No. No. But live and learn, right? right. And then get See, lost. Is, uh, is Event Horizon on that list? Ooh, good one. That I like. I said I have a pretty short list, but that one, that one, uh, yeah, yeah, that one kept me up at night for a little. That while. one's unnerving. That's the definition of unnerving. Event Horizon. I don't know if I. I don't know. Is that a horror movie or is it a sci-fi? It's hard to say. I mean, it's there's a little of both. It's, yeah, it's a little sci-fi and a little like cut them up kind of like how much thing. horror does there have to be before it's a horror film like what's the what's the heap paradox of horror for you guys to classify it as a horror show wow i don't i don't really know because like in cloud because like... At- think, i'm thinking cloud atlas the plot twist in that movie was all of a sudden you realize that everybody's basically eating humans in liquid form well soil and green right yeah but that's not a horror movie 
So that's, that's just so bad, that's below. That's just bad nutrition. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so that's below the threshold then. I think that's below the threshold, but just because a movie has a zombie on it, like they put it on the list, doesn't make it a horror movie in my opinion. Right. Well, now, I mean, by the way, I'm not a fan of zombie movies. I think they're pretty ridiculous most of the time, so, which is why I never mentioned one. So, okay, well, uh, those are the ones I've seen the most, though, so I'll right. talk about them for at least a second here. So, World War Z. Not a horror movie. Not Such a horror a good movie. Book. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. But not a horror movie. Not a horror film. Night of the Living Dead, horror yeah. film. White Zombie, which is the first zombie so movie back in the 20s, is so a horror film. explain to me and our audience the difference of why World War Z is not a horror movie, but Shaun of the Dead is. I think it's, it's the amount of production, I think. Because you're in, in World War Z. Well, Shaun of the Dead is not a horror movie, by the way, either. It's a comedy. That's classified as horror. I'm... I know it is, but I'm just saying it's a comedy, in my opinion. But World War Z, it's a good question. I think there's more plight in Night of the Living Dead. There's more suspense when you're trapped in a house with a limited number of people with no weapons. And you're surrounded by zombies or you're, or, or part two where you're stuck in a mall. I mean, there's weapons there, but there's just so many zombies, and you're kind of by yourself or with very few people. Um, World War Z is worldwide, right? And you have armies with weapons. I mean, the zombies are different, yes, but... Right. Well, and the point of World War Z was for Brad Pitt to like overcome obstacles and solve the problems and save the day. Right. There's not really... Saving the day in a horror movie should be finally escaping right or yeah, so, yeah, surviving survival survival is the is the, is the goal yeah, as it's opposed a real to real low bar it's yeah it's not saving yeah. humanity survival is the goal of a horror movie but he did survive he survived he did, all but he also instances. saved the world which kind of raised it up to something right. other than a horror movie it kind of made him into a superhero in a way see that kind of see that in that kind of situation that makes me think it's more of an action film because mm-hmm. hero saves That's the day Exactly. Hero saves the day. Now, so, I mean, okay. Okay. so at the end, let's let's take Friday the 13th, which everybody has seen in their mother. And we're talking about Jason Voorhees' mother. So at the end of that, they kill Jason Voorhees' mother. Like, the final girl, the only one left, survives by killing the mother, right? And is traumatized. She didn't save the world. She survived. But what if she did save the world? Because what if he could have actually became a world-killing person? Well, you, in the first one, it was, there. It was right. the mother, and not, not Voorhees. It was his mother that was killing everybody. But, again, you have a single killer that any large group of people could easily have overwhelmed. Right? And they just didn't because she was picking them off one by one. And that creates kind of an air of suspense. Who's going it's to be next? Personal. Yeah, it's more personal. You could see yourself with a small group of people. There's four of us here. What happens if somebody comes through that door right there with a machete? Ken's going to be the first to go, right? I mean, he's got the grabber, so he can honk the guy's nose. But Honk the guy's nose. Hey, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a laugh. That's right. Right? <laughs> he's going to go down. He's going to go down. Honk if it's it. a clown, go for the juggler. 
That's oh, right. Yeah, but you oh, attack by a group of clowns, I always go for the juggler. That came from him. Oh, man, that's horrible. <laughs> All right, I got one more I'm going to throw at you because okay. I want to know whether we'll you, yep. you feel if it's uh, a horror movie or not because okay, I'm on the fence with it. It is not. Uh, they're actually classifying it as a thriller slash drama okay. with I Am Legend. Mm. Again, good book, bad movie. Yeah, again. Now, the precursor to that, the one starring um, Mr. Halloween himself, Vincent Price, The Last Man of the World, was not so much a horror movie as it was kind of a tragedy. I feel like that's more of a tragedy than a horror movie. Mm. If, you, if you read the book, it, it's definitely more of a tragedy. It's yeah. a tragic Tale. Well, isn't he um, isn't he the monster in the he's book? He's the monster. That's the yeah. well. He's the monster. He's supposed to be the monster in the new one that I'm assume that you're speaking of with Will Smith. With Will no. Smith, they bailed on that. No. That's the entire twist. The whole point of the book, they bailed on completely. Yeah, which is why I hated that movie. Which that is which why that movie is on the top of my list of why did you even bother with the source material. Like, it could have been an okay whatever, and I wouldn't hate it with all of my heart if you just called it anything else. Right. And, uh, yeah, he, he is he is the monster. Like, he's the one hunting them in the night, in their Spoiler night. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, sorry, but whoever. Great anyways. Book. Read it anyway. Pick up a book. You won't even read care. It. Read it. Read the book, and then watch the Vincent Price movie. Don't watch the Will Smith movie. I mean, you can if you like Will Smith. I mean, it wasn't a terrible movie. It was a fine one of those. It yeah. just wasn't I Am Legend. There you There's go. There's no reason to put those words in front of it. Yeah, but The Last Man on Earth, uh, Vincent Price, is more, it's closer to the source material, I should say. Yeah. And again, yes, anything with Vincent Price, awesome. <laughs> Except for maybe The Bat. Not such a good movie. Come on, Vincent. They can't all be winners. I know. Can't all be Edward hands. And on that, I will have to say that my go-to Halloween film is Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> okay, I'm good. That's <laughs> uh, the only one during Halloween time that I will, if I see it playing, I'll stop and watch it. Other than that, I really, that's it. I don't have anything that I, like, set myself being like, I gotta watch this on this day, you know, for Halloween type of thing, or... Turn well, a certain movie on. Like I have, I turned uh, one Halloween. I was like, "All right, I watched the old first Ninja Turtles." That was my Halloween movie. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's a good movie, though. It's fun. I, I have one Halloween film that I watch. Go. Spaced Invaders. <sighs> Only because so. it takes place on Halloween. Okay, fair, fair. And you were going to break up a Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yeah, that would be the one in my house. Cause is it a Halloween movie or is it like... a Christmas movie? It's both. That's the best thing is you can watch it yeah, over both. and over again for months. You have a continuous loop from from uh, Halloween to Christmas. Yes. So Ooh. do you believe that he wrote the three? He did those three movies in reverse order. No, it's no. I he, do. He just does similar things. They, they're not connected. I've seen some of that stuff. Like, oh, it's all in the same universe, or they're all Jack Skellington. No, no. I think it is. <laughs> you know what we're talking about, Pete? No, I have no idea. So. So there's Nightmare Before Christmas, and right. there's Jack Skellington and the Ghost Dog, right? Oh, Wiener. Uh, okay, yeah, Frank I and Wiener. didn't see Frank and Weenie. I've well, only no, seen he, but there's Christmas. the Ghost Dog in a Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, but yeah. they're saying that the Ghost Dog is Frank and Weenie, and that Jack yeah. Skellington is... The kid the, from that movie. I thought he was supposed to be from uh, Corpus Bride. 
Well, Corpse Bride? yeah. Well, you, you skipped a movie. So Corpse Bride is in between Frankenweenie and uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas. It can't be because Frankenweenie happened in the 1950s in America. Corpse Bride happened in the 1700s uh someplace well, he's got and to then, beat on timeline and then halloween happens also like in the 60s or something maybe like it corpse ride can't be a part of that maybe if you just went frank and weenie maybe but the kid's name wasn't jack so why does it matter well maybe he <laughs> forgot his name when he died he just it does similar work it's tim burton he's he's yeah, got a narrow band same, that he's man. really good at and he lives there well sometimes they pay him to do other stuff and it's terrible but in his little band, he's really good at that, and it just happens to be similar. It's just different variations on the same theme. I don't think there's a reason to, to make it all a whole thing. That's just what everybody wants it to be. Like, oh, we need prequels, and we need a whole you know, spin-off thing. And we need a, it's like, no, just let it be a thing. Like all the Pixar movies right. uh, have, have a specific order to them. Yeah, let it Because they're all the same, because they all happen in the same universe. All right, so we gotta we gotta move on from this topic, but I'm just gonna and say it's funny to me to me that you can talk about that, but you can't understand the Tommy Westfall hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't get that one. Okay, um, or understand a sandwich. Yeah, we're no. not gonna get into that. All right, did you uh, see that grilled cheese sandwich though yeah, that you was posted awesome. the other day? It was that awesome. Full yeah. log of cheese and like two awesome. little between two pieces of bread, which makes it a sandwich. I know it and is I, an impractical and sandwich. I, and I thought <laughs> if they just took a little crumb of that bread and put it on top and bottom, that's still a fucking sandwich. It was a sandwich. I know. No, your dumb plan is if they had just taken a piece of that bread and stuck it on the side of it, that it is still a sandwich. Like no, you can't just cover the cheese log and bread and call it a sandwich. Why not? Because it's covered in bread. It's breaded. It's a, a mozzarella stick. It's not a sandwich. Got a but a mozzarella stick wrong. is technically a sandwich. No, it's technically not because you're insane. <laughs> okay, stop. Insane. Okay, no, we already had this. We already had this conversation. <laughs> Obviously, uh, we're gonna have to circle back around to it at some point. Yeah, our our four <laughs> listeners. Don't had, want to hear the sandwich <laughs> conversation anymore. Yeah. We need to move on from this topic. So I'm going to give you one more kids-oriented Halloween movie, and that's Monster Squad, which is, again, a fantastic movie, and yeah. the werewolf gets kicked in the nards, and it's hilarious. I mean, you can't go wrong. If you're going to say monster movies, what's wrong with Monsters, Inc.? Monsters, Inc. isn't a horror movie. It's a kid's cartoon. Monster Squad is kind of a horror movie because it has all the horror, like it has right. Dracula and Frankenstein and everybody else. Oh, what about Hotel Transylvania? No. Yeah. Cartoon. But that has yeah. monsters. Cartoon. Nah. Cartoon. Anyways, Casper. so listeners, all four of you, <laughs> if you want to, go <laughs> ahead and put your top five Halloween movies. I want to see what you're watching. And if you disagree with... Whether or not you think Jaws is a Halloween movie, let us know that too. Or if you disagree with any of the movies that I or Danon or Ken or Jonathan have, have come out with, let us know in the comments below. Also, feel free to let us know if you think a mozzarella stick is a sandwich. <laughs> is a mozzarella stick a sandwich? We need to know. Why don't you just Google that and find out? In the meantime, do that while we're on break. All right, guys. Uh, we're back now. Uh, now that uh, we've had another conversation about the verboten subject of sandwiches, oh, he said, said it. it. He said nope. it. he ruined Let's the just whole thing. Carry on, moving man. right along. Sandwiches. Are we headed for a creativity plateau? Yes. Should we be concerned that the uh, readily the ready availability of entertainment, uh, i.e., our smartphones, YouTube, 
Facebook, etc., 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 has decreased our ability to be imaginative and creative? I don't think I can see the correlation between those two things. I disagree. Um, I think creativity is alive and well, but I think um, what technology has done is created the... I, I guess people aren't craving creativity as much as they used to because Pe- now we're just we just watch people falling down stairs and getting hit in the nads or playing no playing I, video games online instead of actually searching out for true creativity. I think what's happened is that as our generation and the the generation before us has gone through we found that trying to reinvent the wheel with people doesn't make money. What makes money is nostalgia for us. We love to reminisce of our childhood because we were the generation that had the great childhoods. We played outside. We had toys. We were started the video game systems. We had, we had everything. We had all the parts. Now the current generation is stuck on video games. The generation before us was go outside. That was, we were that middle ground where the economy was great. Everything was going smoothly with everything. People were making good money. You could afford the nicer things in life. But now we don't have that. But now that we're older and we're the people who have the money and the disposable income, they're targeting us by bringing things that we remember from our childhood to be new again. And I think that's why they keep remaking movies. And TV shows like Magnum P.I. Yep. I'm actually getting quite sick of them redoing shows and movies. I kind of just want something new, and maybe that's just me. I think the creativity is out there. I just don't think people want to fund it. That's always a challenge for sure. Well, like, look at the new Voltron series on Netflix. It's pretty good. It's a really great series. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at the reboot they did just a couple years before with Voltron 3D, Hmm. it didn't go over very well. I missed that one. Yeah, me too. Well, that was the one where they actually had it so that the lines could go in any combination. And basically whatever center line was in the center determined what weaponry and stuff they would have and what special abilities they had. Huh. So inter- see, that that's creative. Interesting premise, I suppose. But yeah. that series didn't last long. Like, the Probably series that, on Netflix is... Had was, hey, what if Voltron <laughs> could, you know, be, like, different? And then and then somehow they managed to turn that into a TV show, but they didn't have any writing for it. They're like, oh, crap, what's he going to do now? Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't really talk to that because I have not actually seen it, nor did I know it existed. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to say because the reboots, if you reboot the right thing, if you reboot something that could have been great, like something that didn't succeed when it launched, like, oh, I don't know, like the Dolph Lundgren, He-Man, you know, like if if you were going to reboot something, He-Man's on the table because that one was terrible, right? And it never got a proper treatment. They didn't have the funding, the writing, whatever. But, you know, take something that, you could improve upon and say, okay, maybe we'll do version 2.0 of this thing. Not, 
oh, we nailed it the first time. Like, why are we going to remake The Shining or something? You know, like, what would be the point of that? Yeah, please don't, please don't remake The Shining. And the Amityville Horror remake was absolutely terrible. Right. So you you take something like, oh, here's cinematic masterpiece, and we're just going to do that again, but with new people. No, don't. Just leave it alone. So that's my two cents really is, I think, is where a creativity plateau is, is come from and going. I'm not quite sure that was what Ken was trying to imply right, with you've it. You've been awful quiet about this one, But Ken. that's what, when I read your statement on that in the group chat, that was what I got out of it. That's where my mind went, at least. So why don't you explain to us more what you were actually thinking and talking about? I think that's because you're obsessed with making money. Because I, I was not talking about making money at all. It did not. It did not have economic implications. Okay. No, but as far as mainstream media, though, you can't, you can't separate the two completely. Well, no, absolutely not. And, um, you know, disregarding of all the terrible reboots and stuff like that. Look at the quality of music. And lyrics. There are a lot. There are many fewer genuine songwriters. He's right. Working today. Like the Shark Song. Putting oh. out quality music. Again, working. They had to get into that thing. I mean. Granted, we, there's no, like, I don't know, Janis Joplin, Mama Cass. So, like, if you're a, a woman performer and you don't have tits and ass to go with whatever songs they're feeding you, you don't have a chance. Well, again, but, to the money to the money point, though, Ken, there there are great musicians still out there. We know of a few. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got your Josh, Josh Ritters, your, jo- your John Butler trio. You've got Amos Lee. You've got... Um, all kinds of people under the radar and the mainstream media because they don't think it's profitable that's not what they show people so people don't think it exists but i believe that the creativity is in fact out there you just have to kind of find it now okay um and then the extension of that continuing you know down the rabbit hole when we were kids and this again you know, it's going to touch on on Jabo's nostalgia comment. You could pick up a stick, and it became a thing. Right. You had you you ima- you you imagined you you used your imagination to entertain yourself. Now, that's not as necessary because there's entertainment, and whatever to whatever extent you consider it to be entertainment, is readily available. And the reason, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys what what got me thinking about this. My twelve year old. Um, was talking about how there's a writing contest at school and she's not going to win it. Why did she think that? Because she's just not a, she's not a good writer. Does she think that? And I'm like, it's not that you can't win; it's that you haven't won yet. Right. And she her response to me was, "But well, you know me." I'm like, "Yeah." One of the most one of the things I was most impressed by when she first came to live here was how she could self-entertain. She didn't need constant uh, entertainment. She could, you know, pick out, you know, a couple of toys in her room and she could spend hours playing with them, making up entire scenarios, whole lives and stuff like that. And since then, we've, and she, by her own admission, she can't do that anymore. She doesn't do that anymore. She doesn't have that kind of imagination anymore. And um, I noticed that instead of doing those things, now she looks at her phone. She watches videos on YouTube of people opening boxes or blind bags of, you know, whatever thing kind of floats your boat. Loot boxes in what, and stuff. In, in what world 
when we were kids, we would be willing to sit and watch for an hour, for hours on end, watch somebody open bags. One player, one player Nintendo games. Yeah, but that's different. You're, you're, you're actually. But that person eventually died, and then you, and, and, and you got a turn. Not really. This is just you sitting watch. there watching them do this. But you're doing yeah. that still. That's the point. No, no, no. You're not I, open, You're watching other people have fun opening boxes. Um, but you're sitting there watching your friend. You guys are kind of you're again you're, you're your friend. Out. You're hanging out. You guys together, that's together. Right. There's you you're and beating at this least game. one other person in the room. If that's right. the situation. No, there's like five. Normal. Yeah, there's normally there's se- there's several play, of them. Now you're sitting alone in your bedroom, staring at your phone. Right. Yeah. And by her own admission, she has become less creative. I and, I, and I and I and I can't believe that she's the only kid. I can see that who's to your had this point. happen. Yeah, I feel like my nephews have a hard time when they have to be creative. Also, I feel like they look to somebody else to be creative for them. Does that make sense? Right. Um, I yeah, absolutely. So think that it's because of the way schools are. Schools now so structured that. You're not you're not supposed to be creative. You're supposed to just know all this stuff, jam all this stuff into you, and this is all you're supposed to do. This is what's going to make you succeed. All all school has ever been, ever since even when we were kids, is the memorization of facts, creative thinking, cr- cr- critical thinking skills, have not been taught in schools. Maybe for that's forty years. Maybe that's why my GPA wasn't very high. Your GPA wasn't very high because you were bored. Well, I yeah. know, but I was being creative still. Well, just like just like earlier today in the meeting. I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> Make sure you can cut it out if you do. Or 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 generalize it as much as humanly possible. Or today in a meeting, I was sitting there and I happened to go across in my notebook a page where I was writing down a game system, like to create a new board game, basically. And I looked at it and I was like, because I was reading a one of my sentences and paragraphs on that sheet, I finished it. Like I, I sat there and wrote out the rest of what my thought was from like months and months ago. So that's what you were doing. Yeah. When you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention. But, you know, I just, I, again though, just because, um, let's say, let's say schools kill creativity, which a lot of times they do, but not all of them. You, sometimes you have that really good teacher who knows what they're doing. Right. But let's say it, it knocks out creativity. You go to school, you, you don't get to learn fun is illegal, but then when you get home, you can pretty much be as creative as you want. It's just most of the time people don't anymore, or, or at least right. kids don't anymore. No, they're, 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 they're looking for that instant gratification which I think applies to so many things. It's, it's indicative of the younger generation now. Instant gratification. They just want what they want. They want it right now. Um, so so let's, let's take that to the box opening thing. Do you think that they that people enjoy watching those videos of those random boxes being open? I've watched a few. I'm not going to lie. I watched a couple recently, actually, because what it was is they buy the return trailers from like Walmart and Amazon, and it's all the returns. So they buy the semi for like a couple grand. Where they buy this return box from Amazon, and it's just really just a bunch of broken shit, but occasionally they find something that's good. So it's kind of like a treasure hunt, or like a survival hunt. And I think what they're doing is that they're trying to imagine themselves like 
Like one guy bought one one time for ten grand, right? And he sat there and he opened it, and he ended up getting ten iPods. Well, not iPods, iPads. They were in the box. Okay. So he made a gold mine, and they, it becomes a monetary value because everybody is always talking about money these days. It's I always can about you my money. My girl though. does not consider it in those terms. You don't think so? No. No, she just likes. They just like watching. Other people. All the things that they get because they get. But is it because the people get excited? Like they yeah, watch. The they, more excited the people are in it, the better the video is. Like there's this one that my kids are watching right now, Collins Key, who is like, I don't know, ADD or something. Like that guy is full tilt or on coke, but they seem like pretty wholesome or something. So probably he's just like a spaz. Um, but yeah, they're just like constantly yelling and doing this thing and they're throwing stuff around and oh my goodness, we're having like a slime challenge or something. We're gonna... And we're doing this thing and oh, we're going to make Ublek and they sit, like just whatever, but it's like high energy all time. Right. So uh, we're going to, so... we're going to, hold on. I want to do something real quick. We're going to pause the podcast for just a second. So uh, just so the listeners know, we'll be right back. We're going to pause. We're going to actually watch one of these videos and we'll come back and we're going to discuss it right right after this pause we'll be right back hours of the thing okay so we're watching this one this lady is opening these blind bags and she no, now this is the thomas the train thomas the tra- train character uh i didn't know that thomas had a uh chinese it's a circus train is it i i don't know i have no idea she didn't show thomas-esque up. oh here's toy yeah. story it doesn't matter the the point isn't to know them or collect them it's that they're being open that you can see them you know, this really has the effect, I think, also of, we call it, uh, in Magic the Gathering, we call it cardboard crack for a reason. You get to a point in the game where a lot of the fun of it is opening packs, because it's the, what rare or mythic rare did I get in my pack? Right. And it's almost like a high, you know, because you get to, you know, because you're looking for certain ones a lot of times, you know, or you're looking for the money value. But I really think that's just what it is. There was Darth Vader. I don't get it because Boss burgers. I mean, I remember when these things were called baseball cards, and you used to go. Okay, yeah. So you're you're facilitating the same thing with cards. But here's the thing, though. So I used to save up money, go down and collect them, and see who I got to add to my collection. I wasn't about to watch like some other person other person open up a. Thing of baseball cards to see what they got. Okay, so here's a question. Because I want to see what I got. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I got a question for you. If you, if it was your birthday and your best friend was over. Right. And you went down to the local comic shop to go buy some cards. Some packs of cards. All right. Would you open them in front of your friend or would you wait? Was it his birthday? No, it's your birthday. Oh, it's my birthday? Yeah, your birthday. You and your best friend get to go... Your mom's like, here's twenty dollars. Okay. You can go in the store and pick out anything you want. And you go in there and you buy some baseball card packs. Right. Would you open them? Well, of course, because would your he... wait? Would your friend watch you open them? Well, yes. Yeah. So you know why? Because he wanted, especially if he bought them for me, he would want to know what he gave me, and he wants to know what I got. So then maybe later we can trade them. That's what that is then. But that's not what that is. You can't trade with that person. You don't even see that person's face. They could be like, I don't know. I don't know who these people. Wish fulfillment. Well, it is. But what are you wishing for? You're wishing. Well, imagine you went to the to the to the store and pointed at everything 
in the store and said, Mom, buy me that. And they said, of course not. We're here to buy milk. I'm not buying you anything. Well, it's just like me right now. I have a wish list on Home Depot for all the tools I want. It's just, but yeah, but you're not gonna. So do I, you're I not gonna watch them. people open a box of your tools <laughs> online, Jonathan. But there are there are those people out there who do unboxing videos of new tools. Right, yeah, they but, exist. Yeah, yeah, but why would you do that? That's so sad. I okay. This is the thing, though. In my research of what tool I want to buy, I have actually watched a couple of them. How does that help your research? You know what it because looks like said, coming out of a box? Yeah, because they show me what it actually looks like, because otherwise I'm looking at it as they, a picture they have, online. They have those videos listed with every product on homedepot.com. Right. And it shows them in use. You can but actually is, look how to use we're, it. There's we're going down the rabbit reviews. hole of watching people open things okay, on, yeah, on, right, online, and we're, we're, gearing away, we're getting away from the creativity uh, or lack thereof that um, but we're I think But I think my point here still is that the correlation is that is that – People are able to now, with technology, facilitate themselves in the shoes of being the person who's opening that package or doing that thing or, or winning that prize or doing something of that nature. Why? Why do we? Why do we watch the prices right? Okay, but because we can do that, we don't have to imagine ourselves in that position. That's his point. Going back which, to creativity, which, which is exactly my point. Yeah, or or imagine no lo- ways to get to that position. Yeah, we like, no longer we no longer need to think about ourselves doing things, or imagine ourselves doing things, or imagine ways to do things when we can just go online and watch a video of somebody else doing it. If I wanted a pack of baseball cards as a kid and I didn't have any money, I would have to figure out a way to get money to go get that baseball card pack as a kid. How would I raise fifty cents? It might be something as simple as asking my mom. If she said no, I could say. How can I get fifty cents? And she could say, "You can wash the dishes," and then and I would then do that. You, and then when you get that get pack of baseball cents. cards, you can sit there and decide, "I want to keep this one. Oh, maybe I can trade so and so for with for this one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." You you actually you're actually interacting with the cards rather than watching uh, the, that be done. Right. So, I mean, well. you're killing because now now kids, if the wish fulfillment, if you're saying it's wish fulfillment, Jonathan. Um, you're watching those videos to see what the product looks like because you already know you want it and you already know um, how to get the money to get it, right? You've thought of this. You thought of the reasons why you want it. You saw a problem in your house that needed fixing, and that tool will help you fix it, right? And you thought about that because you thought of a creative way to fix your problem. There's no problem for these kids. They just don't have a little thing on a string, Right, but that's their problem. Right, that's their problem, but they're not actually fixing it. They're okay. not fixing it because they're but, not. But you're figuring out a way to kind of get short it. term for this, though. So we're looking at these videos and stuff, saying that they're killing creativity. Right, but earlier in the segment, to make an informed opinion of a horror film. Okay. How many how many hours of horror films did you watch? To build that library of knowledge, comparative uh, database, and and make those decisions. Well, I've watched quite a few. Yes. Right. So, what's to say that these kids aren't filling their heads, their little blenders of brains, filled with all of this garbage, possibly, but different characters, different uh, I don't know ideas in general, and that later, when it comes time to be creative on their own that they won't pull from this knowledge base that they have and and smash things together tear things apart and come up with something unique from this 
this is their knowledge base. This they didn't watch any horror films. They well, watched this. What facilitates the need for them to do that? Well, you have to get some sort of life experience. Do you? Well, you have to get some sort of experience ever. I mean, so if a kid was raised in a cave with the lights off, they're going to come out of that super creative because they were bored the whole time? No, that's why I was bringing up during the break when, when we were watching this at first, was there are case studies where, you know, there have been children who had no human inter- interactivity, you know, they, they can't talk, they don't understand language and stuff like that, and they're not super creative people. That's why I was saying creativity has to be learned. There has to be, you were saying you're Star Wars characters and you're, right. and you're four and your, your mom said you would go play in the corner with them. If you didn't know who those characters were, though, because they're Star Wars characters, would you have still done that? Well, yes, because there were actual toys that I had that other kids had dropped off. I didn't know what they were. Well, they just would have been like They would have been a new character for me. Parents. Yeah. Well, like, then... I, I never saw the He-Man show when I was a young kid. But I remember going over to my babysitter's house and she had all the toys. Right. So I didn't know it, but because I watched other shows or had other experiences with other similar muscular hero looking people, I was able to still play with those toys. But because of having those other experiences with other things, just because I don't know those particular characters right then and there, I mean, this can of Coke sitting here could be a superhero right no i'm feeling more like the the creative creativity thing it's your superhero not so much learned but it it needs to be fed world's lamest it needs to be fed yeah it's it's a thing that you you have already and it's the way that you see the world the way that your brain processes it and some people process them in like fairly straightforward predictable kind of ways and might not be seen as creative even though they're like looking at a problem coming up with a solution or then the creative people are pulling from different weird angles, coming up with a solution for a problem that maybe someone else hadn't thought of because it was this other avenue that they were unfamiliar with or something, something that appeared to be a unique angle. Okay, do you think what your daughters do will provide a unique angle in the future? When they tell me stories, they're hilarious and wildly imaginative sometimes. And for kids who, for anything, will just sit in front of the TV. When you pin them down, like at night, and you get chatting at bedtime or something, and they're telling some story or something else, you know, they can can pull some pretty wild ideas, some pretty cool, like, oh, what if we did it this way, or wouldn't that be a great story if they did this kind of thing, or just dumb puns and and stuff. Uh, they, they they have a lot of information to pull from and they they'll they, when they have the chance we'll do something but I think rather than wondering if creativity is dying um, wondering if creativity is being fed correctly because I think yeah it is uh, starving a little bit it is is not well nourished in these days and the opportunity to make something big and positive with your creative creative mind is less too and i think kind of put down uh more frequently okay See, and that's why I, that, that's why i refer to not necessarily creativity dying but it's reaching a plateau where we have a generation or two of kids who are not as creative as previous generations well if they would ever and just pay for art 
if anybody would just give artists a decent living wage, I think that would be a different... Again, it could back to money, but well, I think it would be different. So, I've been contacting the schools for visual art programs for the job that Jonathan and I do. And I contacted one school in the area that said, I'm sorry, we actually don't have a visual arts program anymore. We couldn't afford it. And that's really sad, and that goes to your point, that it is kind of being stifled in some places. Yeah. It's really going to come back to money. I mean, it's unfortunately what makes the world go round. If you tell a kid that they're not going to be able to live and survive by being creative repeatedly over and over and over again, are they going to attempt to be creative then? Not really. Well, creative people can... We're, I mean, we're talking... We're, we're, I think we're... I'm afraid that we're ignoring a subset of the population here because we're talking about creative people being creative for the sake of being creative. Artists, entertainers, etc., etc. But creativity instilled in someone young and they grow up and maybe they study biology and they come up they, they it's 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 their out of the out of the box creative thinking that comes up with a new cancer vaccine or something like that because uh situations or advancements in prosthetics um you know or, or things like that that are um that, that stem from, from 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 taking a creative approach to something um in addition to you know, working in the uh, in the arts. I was directly. just thinking the same thing, like engineering. Like, when's the last time any child anywhere built a soapbox derby car? Right. You know, like who's working on those kind of things where you and put something ki- in the and, and those kids grew up, grew up to become to become engineers and built and built some of the greatest cars ever. Right, but again, the schools don't put any money into that stuff anymore. Like vocational education isn't even a thing. Like you can't even be a car mechanic anymore without extra outside effort. I mean, much less where they have kids perform a challenge like that, where they get together and build a thing, solve a problem, you know, that that kind of stuff. I think there's right, some I mean, people who are trying to make that happen. There, yeah, there are some, and, and, and the kid's in a robotics class this year, and she's really right. liking it, and I think that's that's great. Um, coincidentally, uh, just, to, just to have my little bragging moment here, there are four girls in her class. They're all on one team. They call themselves the girls. Nice. Uh, they had their first. They had their first face-off uh, with their robots, and they pretty much kicked the boys' ass. Sweet, so, go girls. See, good job. We tried that, but those programs are small. My daughter couldn't get on the robots. They're very small. Sadly, yeah, they're very small. Yeah, we um, weren't allowed. We didn't make the cut as, for robots. As much as uh, the charter school that she goes to um, tries to get outside the box of you know focus on math, focus on this, focus on this. Let's learn this stuff so we can pass our tests and get our money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They are still lacking in quite a few areas, and, and, and art is one of them. Um, which is not to say that they wouldn't like to do something like that. It's just a matter of, you know, how do we pay for it, like everything else. Um, and, yes, yeah, schools need to be better at that. And I was very lucky to go to a school where there was all kind, you know, you used to have a TV production and theater and all of that stuff, and that was great. But also, to what, experience, to what extent are parents taking responsibility for exposing their kids to these things when the schools can't and b how much of it is parents putting a, a, a screen in front of a kid's face and say here let this keep an eye so i can go do other things you know it's a lot of that but even nowadays with remember if you guys remember the pine the the, the, the pine car derbies pine, pinewood derby pinewood derby thank you pinewood derby 
um, cars. Um, even back then, I remember when I made mine, because everybody made one. When I made mine, my dad was like, here's your block of wood. Do a design. I'll cut it for you. And that was all he did. That was it, man. I had to paint it. I had to, because he didn't want me messing with the saw, obviously. So I had to design it. I had to paint it. I had to put the wheels in. I had to do everything myself. And, you know, I showed up with it, and I was really proud of it. And, hey, I won the speed competition, by the way. Mm, So take that. Mm -hmm. Go beat. But I came in probably, well, I'm going to say, because they don't really give last places. But I'm pretty sure I came in last as a design because all these kids had something that their father had done for them. So you had, like, wooden sharks and dragons. And I had, like, this this green-wedged kind of block of wood with a seat cut out, you know? Mm. So, yeah, parents, I mean, and I was bummed, but I was glad that later on that I could say I did it myself. Right. Yeah. And and I feel like parents need to step back and let their kids do things themselves. Well, that's and, a little bit of a, a hard thing, though, because what if you didn't want to be in this pine box, uh, Pinewood Derby? What if what if they had to make you do that to be creative? Like that was the choice. Either you were gonna watch TV, and or they were going to force you to make this car. Like, what's the right call there? Well, I guess maybe explain the reasons why you're doing it. Um, to a ten year old? I, well, I was ten. I was I was I'm somewhere they around don't care. ten years old. Not that they can't understand. Pine, Pinewood Derby is in the spring, and um, we will start making cars probably within the next month. So here's my question for you, Pete. Just as a side note there. Did you we play like, with Hot we Wheels? We like the Pinewood Derby, actually. Um, no, I actually did not play with Hot Wheels. I'm not a car guy at all. I, I'm really not. Did you, so you never play with toy cars? No, Which never. Which is explained not... by Pete's 10 years of driving a Saturn L200. Yeah, well, it's not a Saturn anymore. That actually Not anymore, died. no. no. But that, I drove that car to death. You hung, that, you. you hung out of that thing for a good long I time. I did, because yes, after a while, after it's paid off, it's free. It's so great. So, yeah, you just drive it till it dies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm not a car guy. I never have been. I've never played with toys. Uh, I mean, car, like, Never little played matchbox. with toys. He wasn't allowed to do that when he was a kid. Yeah, no, I played with tons of toys, but not Matchbox guys or Tonka trucks, nothing like that. I was not a car kid or a car guy. But. I find it hard to believe that you never once played with a car. I mean, obviously, somebody once pushed a car down a hallway or down a set of stairs. Right across the across hardwood floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. I did have Hot Wheels. They weren't my go-to toy. Like, well, no, but I mean, you. So you did. You did have familiarity with them, right? Well, yeah. But I, I promise you, I've built more cars out of Legos than Pete's ever played with Hot Wheels. Yeah, well, I, 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 can I bet you one hundred percent that's true. Yeah, I can agree with that too, though. I mean, that's a given. But my point is, is that you probably did that before you were ten, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And after ten, you didn't. You don't really play with toy cars anymore, really. Well, so at 10, it was when you built this this car, right? Yeah, somewhere around that age. So I think what happened was that at some point, because you had that experience with those toy cars, was why you were okay with attempting to build your own car. Because you're like, well, I can, you know, I want to do this too. I can make a toy car as well. Because it's really what you did. Yeah, but every single person alive from four, five up knows what a car looks like. Not you're you're, you're not going to get around it. There's people who grew up in caves that don't. Okay, I mean, besides the, Where the cave show dwellers. The, show, me, show me the right. cave people. Show me the cave people. They, show yeah. me the cave people. Besides the cave dwellers of Michigan, wherever those cave dwellers those, are. The, the, those three people from Siberia. 
<laughs> but the but I mean, I see I see your point, and yes, I've seen a car before. But all these kids have too, and all the kids that I competed against did, and all the kids nowadays whose parents are are making their Pinewood Derby car have seen a car also. But my point was let your kids, you know, be there if they have questions, answer their questions, but let them learn. Like if I came up with a block of wood with one wheel, oh well. You know, and I still had to show up with it because, oh well, that was my car, you know? Right. Okay. So to answer your actual question of have we reached a plateau with creativity? Well, are we going to? I think we have. Um, the trouble is if you see that graph from the side, it looks like we're not being creative anymore. But if you look at it from a top down, what happened recently with all the remakes and re-exploring things that have already happened, there isn't new levels of creativity happening, but it's shotgun blast in every direction. Just boom, exploded. And there's creativity-ish. You know, like it's, it's a, a whole rainbow of things that have spread out into this like mad dash of internet noise and uh, just too much actually uh, stuff going on. Too many people doing too many things that are too similar to where you, you, you get the remake of a song that's a remake of a song that's a remake of a song that's, you know. That uh, contains samples of another song. Right. I mean, we're literally at the, like, that's, I, I can't think of what song that is, but I'm sure that's a real thing where there's like six versions of it and started with a sample or something. But no, I think, yes, this is a plateau of creativity, but I don't doubt that it will happen again once all this internet stuff settles down a little bit, once it becomes a little bit more old hat. Once like the internet still, fad dies down? Well, I, I think it, it's never obviously going to go away or anything, but, I mean, it didn't exist when we were children. Our children are the first ones to have it exist their entire lives, and their society just hasn't come down on what's going to happen with all this stuff yet like we haven't even just of our source like social norms what's okay what's not okay how we really like this stuff we don't even know what we like we just there's so much of it uh and it's all so scattered um i don't i don't think there's any firm ground to build creativity i think it's all just quicksand everything's you know hit the wall and splattered Okay, yeah, I can totally go go along with that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Everything's just kind of playing off each other right now, or a rehash. Right. We're just waiting for the next next big thing to come along. Um, speaking as someone who doesn't play video games, okay, I think you guys know this about me. I actually don't either, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> I will. I, I mean, we we got to a certain point from when you consider the time when video games first came out when we were kids to now, and the advancements that have been made. But it seems like every game now, while being entertaining and visually pleasing to look at and things like that, are basically the same thing. Every, the world seems hooked on, on, on first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be just the, the thing. You're on this mission to go do, and then there's a side mission, and there's another side mission, and you just kind of work your way through this. And you get, a point, you get, you get to the point where people are sitting down and you know, playing a game and beating it in three days or whatever, and then they lose interest in it. So... Um, I think that, you know, we're starting to see now, like, some of the augmented reality stuff, which I think is a little bit more creative and stuff like that. Um, the reason that I'm careful to use the word plateau is eventually we will start to shift again. Because um, eventually, first-person shooters are going to become played out. have to come up with something new. 
It's going to have to be, you know, it's going it's to be more VR gaming and stuff like that that you're going to mm-hmm. see the growth in. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and as is the case with all things, you know, eventually we will start to, 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 to climb back up. But, I'm, but I, I, I fear... Well, if I knew how to program, I could give you at least three really interesting VR games. That would be a lot of fun, but I have nothing uh, to offer, technologically speaking, uh, to that project. I just have a lot of ideas and want to be the art director. Hear that? If you have the technical ability, listeners, David yeah, has some great ideas for you. We're going to make a ton of money if we can get on this thing, but I cannot help you program anything. I think the next part of where we'll get past the slump is AI. You think so? I do. Uh, I don't think fully intelligent computers, but I think you're right. Once smart computers are fully integrated into a normal society, that things are going to change a lot. Are you talking about perhaps, Jonathan, the AI that is starting to write magazines? Well, there's that one, and then we have other. He's ones also concerned about Skynet. Oh yeah, well, well that's the other thing too, is like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, AI has two. Uh, definitely has two folds. It can be very scary, and or it can be very great. So far, we've experienced very scary. Uh, with the tests that have been done so far with um, with the limited uh, abilities that we've been able to conquer with it. But think of the creativity that goes into just doing that alone. Mm, I mean, they're, they're, those people are out there. They are. Not, not everybody on the planet is watching YouTube videos, are they? Right. Uh, some people are out there making shit. Pretty cool stuff. Right. I think I think creativity is still out there. I think we've just become more niche ourselves to it. Like you enjoy looking at photographs. I don't actually. Really? No, I don't want. I don't look at photographs. I mean, you don't try to hone your skills by looking at other people's nope. work. No, nope. I just try to make my own better. Except for Ansel Adams. No, no, I don't even do that. I don't. I don't flip through Instagram accounts. I don't do nothing. Well, I Maybe you. that's why I'm not the I best probably, photographer. Probably honestly, wouldn't but. flip through Instagram accounts looking for stuff, I guess, either personally. But you, you don't have to try, though. There's so many images in the world. Like, you're constantly looking at a picture of something. I mean, like, right now I'm looking at a picture of something. Like, it's, I didn't even try. It's just right there in front of me. It's on your phone. It's on the wall. It's on a thing. And nobody wants to pay for it. It's on my nerves. Everybody Every- wants those pictures for free. Everybody wants them for Everybody free. Everybody wants the best pictures, the most picturesque, high-quality, beautiful pictures of their own personal event and their face, and nobody wants to pay for it. Again, money. That's what it, yep. That's, yep. That's the yep. end. Yep. 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 I mean, because if they did pay for it, I would be able to have like a full-time thing and where stand. all I did was hone my craft and take pictures every day, and I did that once upon a time. But that was not even really that because I had to spend most of my time hustling so hard just trying to grind out pictures of right. adequate, uh, like, uh, not ability, what, what quality? Was quality. Quality. Words. Ken might know the answer to this. When was the last great classical music piece written? Good question. Because everything I just tried to look up real quick while you guys are all talking was... Also, if that was 
like like Beethoven and Mozart and stuff like that. Well, you can look at a Gustav Mahler. You can look at a uh, Aaron Copeland, um, Leonard Bernstein. Even, uh, but in terms of uh, in terms of what you know, the great classical music being written like you know on Thursdays. Um, I'm I'm the I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm. It's like asking me to talk about modern art. I'm the absolutely wrong person to do that. I I, I like the old stuff. Right. Well, have. I mean, couldn't you put John Williams in that? Well, I'm just. Thinking... I would put John Williams in that, and I think he's one of the great. Um, you know, and even Henry Mancini, uh, I think one of the great composers of the 20th century, uh, and and John Williams now the 21st century. Um, but you know, Hans Zimmer, and you know, the, the, think about the guys who the guys who who write scores for movies. You know, Driving Miss Daisy, I think, is one of the you know, is one of the great musical scores. Um, you know, so 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 you can you can go down that road. Or um, who did Band of Brothers? That opening sequence, that music. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know what you're talking about. It's them. fantastic. Uh, also fantastic. Mm-hmm. But even like look at um, uh, Elmer Bernstein, or is it Elmer Bernstein? The uh, Magnificent Seven theme. I'm not sure, Ken. Um, that I mean that. Nothing that makes me think of the Wild West more than the, more than that score. That is, you know, that that is Western music. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't I would include them as well. I'm, and I'm and I'm sure you know the music is being written, but in terms of like classical instrumental orchestra music, no idea. Yeah, there are, there are people out there I'm sure who are still oh, writing that stuff. Absolutely, oh, but yeah. again. The money's not there but my to thing find is the popularity that, to where it would be part of popular culture. Not here. Um, you know, but you look at the you look at places like New York and the large metropolitan areas that have a, a strong arts community, uh, and you know, people with money willing to spend money on developing the arts. Um, you know, that's that that's where you're finding that stuff. Also, probably uh, European countries where they, um, you know, the socialists. <laughs> where they where, where they where they still believe in cultivating art, not just making money. My what I was gonna get to that with that was is that you guys have heard of Lindsay Sterling, the violin player. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My kids have heard her too. They like her. She does good, good music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's adorable. So I actually saw her very first video before it hit a hundred likes, a hundred views. Um, and then I saw her next video, which was actually a tag team with another guy and she did a duet. Um, and then she did another one, uh, just before that, actually, that was, um, the party rock song by LMAFO. Hmm. Those are her first videos. I didn't know she did that one. And that she did and that were posted online and stuff like that. But was she being creative? Yeah. Yes. She's a dancing violinist. She's pretty. She's pretty solid. And she, she not. She, she's and she may not be. You know, creating her own music. Well, at that time she wasn't, but she I, is I, now. I, yeah, but even at that time, her creativity is being expressed by the by, by the innovative and different ways she's arranging it. Think. Look at look at Scott Bradley and Postmodern Jukebox. They're taking music that I normally can't stand to listen to. And they're turning it into stuff that I love. They're making it better. Yeah. In some cases, but I was thinking about that. And, uh, watching one of their videos the other day, it was like, oh, they're a cover band. You know, they're like a well-loved. They cover are a band. cover band. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but um, normally you'd say that with like derision or something. But, but I won't you've say. You've taken but, such a, a different angle on it. 
Yeah, but uh, there, there's a difference between you know doing a cover and what they're doing, and we have to we, you have to acknowledge a distinction there. Oh yeah, they're they're not trying to recreate the original; they're trying to make a new thing out of it. But again, that's like my my, my plateau version of things is like yeah. where you take a thing and you just you you go left with it. Like you're not going anywhere. You're not trying to reinvent the entire thing completely, but you're just like, yeah, but what if we did this and just took a step off to the side and. To your point, though. Well, a little bit. So let's let's take them. Let's say that that style of music, like the the lounge kind of old school jazz music, right? Are we talking about jazz? Or are we talking about standards? St- well, what postmodern juice box? I mean, they do all kinds of different stuff. So I'm kind of quite a variety, to, but yeah, I'm trying to find it hard to categorize it. Anyways, their their music. If they do do something new and by themselves, would we ever have heard it? Would we have heard it? If they do something new right now, is it even going to be as popular? Right. If they did something now, I, I think it would get attention because they've got like, what, three or four million followers on their YouTube channel alone. I mean, Right, it would get attention So people would, now, would it be appreciated for the, work, for, for the work that went into it. Yeah, would it be appreciated or would people just skip the video because they don't know the song? Or let's say they didn't start with covers. Let's say they started making their own stuff. Would you have ever heard of them? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, they're so singular in the type of music that they're playing at the level of popularity that they have. I don't think without the the reference point of, oh, I love this song. Gosh, it sounds different when they play it. I don't think right. it would be. But, but that's why we're at a plateau. Because if they made new music, nobody, no, not one of us would have heard of it yeah, at point. all. Right? And it might have been fantastic. Well, and, and it might have been creative and new. So... Are people being creative right now? Yes. Has it plateaued? It seems like it has. But I'm saying it probably has it's not. Because right back there, to the money. Well, that, but there are, again, there are new musicians out there. There are new artists out there. There are new engineers, and they're trying to do something new, and everybody, nobody sees it. It's hard to get out and of that. nobody Quagmire cares of, uh, to even look for it. You know who sees it? This guy. Well, Jonathan he's checking out Lindsey Sterling at uh, sub 100 likes. I will also never forget that 10 years ago he said Imagine Dragons was going to be huge. I did. Uh, Imagine Dragons. Sucks. I remember that. I will always remember. I will I'm always just going to say it. I he just said they it. were going to be huge. Yeah. Okay. I say. They didn't say they were going to. Didn't say they were going to be the greatest things on sliced bread and do new and innovative things. He said they were going to be huge. Okay. He's correct then. <laughs> I did. I told him that. Yeah. We were listening to, uh, wasn't the night at the, when we were driving to the strip club? Yeah. It seems like, which, you know, Why does I saw, everything go back to the strip club? It literally just, ha- uh, the anniversary that just passed. I know. That's all that. This week. But I think that's actually when we were listening to him. And I, was, I told Ken on the drive over there, I was like, these guys are going to be a big one day, Ken. Here they are. Yeah. Good call, yeah. Jonathan. What's going to be big next, buddy? What's the next big thing? I can't tell you. Yes, you can. You told him earlier. On the night of the strip club. I'm clearly more special Oh, so than really we just have to go to the strip club. Yeah. And then Jonathan will Oh, take... he loosens right up, man. He'll mm-hmm. tell you anything you want to know. If you're they're right down the road. Around the corner? Yeah, Around so the corner. Just, they're actually straightforward. We could just walk straight forward and hit them. We could. We could actually, just for our, just, just so our a, listeners gonna know. Get, gonna get a little wet because Thread Creek is in between. Well, yeah. we, could, we could actually walk to the strip clubs from where we're at right now. 
That's we're not going to. <laughs> we're not going to because most of us everybody, have not been there in years. Everyone is just going to assume that's what we're doing when this recording's over. I know, right. but we can. I don't know if that's sad or it's not. Usually, you know what? Use your imagination. You totally do a live remote do you from the strip think club. Right? We went to the strip club at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Let us know what you think. And while you're at it, be creative. We'll be right back. All right, guys, for our last segment, as normal, we're going to play a little game here. <clears throat> I'm going to ask a question, and everybody's going to pick a person in the room who they feel is the best choice of that. Yeah. Question number one. Who has gotten the most upset while playing Monopoly? Not me. Danan. Yes. I'm going with Danan. He's that, a, he's that, a board that is a correct answer. <laughs> have, you, have, have you have you flipped? Yes. Have you have you flipped the yes. table? How many times? Every time I've played. When That's the, the only way time? to end that goddamn game. So if we played Monopoly next week while we're podcasting, yeah, can we do that? It'll last split. about fifteen minutes. I want to see this happen. And after the second hear, round, so next week everybody the around pay the board and stops being even pretend to me. We're going to be playing Monopoly while podcasting next week. Possibly. All right. And Danon's going to flip the board. And if you don't know already, you'll know what a uh, hotel sounds like when it hits a wall. <laughs> uh, which one of us can't spell illiterate? Jonathan. I'm picking Ooh. myself, too. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, then I'll, I'll jump on Jonathan because it's also probably me. No, no, it's Jonathan. Like, he spelled something right today. What was it? Yeah. Go. Missouri. Was, oh yeah, he spelled Missouri right, and you should have seen the pride on his face. <laughs> I did. He did. He's like, oh my god, I spelled that right. I was like, fuck, I spelled that right. He was beaming like he got an A plus in midterms. Right. Beaming. I was not. But he just won the Scripps Howard National Spelling Bee. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I was just surprised that I actually spelled it right. That's all. Beaming. I'm gonna beam you in the face. <laughs> Uh, who is the passenger that won't stop talking on an airplane or bus ride? Oh, man. I feel like everybody's like looking way at too me. Anti-social I think it's a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm way too antisocial for that. Personally. Oh, yeah. It's probably me. Okay. I'm going to go with me, Ken. Yeah. 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 That's me. Uh, which one of us is most easily seduced? Ooh. Good question. Everyone keeps looking at me, and you're probably right. I'm going to say Danon. Well, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to this. No. I'm not going to pick Danon. I'm not going to pick Pete. I don't think it's Ken. I guess it's me then. I think it's Jonathan. I have to agree with Yeah, I'm going to go with Jonathan. Yeah, because you could look at him and be like, hey, big boy. He'd be like, okay, hi. (laughs) As he's taking his shirt off. And he never wears pants, so he's already halfway. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to go. He's halfway My pants already. are off. Locked and loaded. <laughs> uh, which one of us seems like they were homeschooled? I'm going to go with Danden. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, go with Jabo oh. because of the antisocial thing. I'm going to go with Jabo because right. he's a hermit. Yeah. Yeah, but that came after high school. And only within like the last couple of years. Yeah, but they're talking about now, man. Now means now. Yeah, like if somebody met you now for the first time, they would probably assume you were homeschooled. Yep, hundred percent. All right, I guess. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the save on that one, Pete. You're welcome, buddy. I got your back. <laughs> uh, whose life will change the most dramatic in the next month? Man, I don't know. I'm gonna pick me. I'm not sure. I'm gonna. I'm say, gonna go with Dana because I hope he wins that lottery. Ooh, yeah, I gotta remember to play. 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta remember to play. That's always helpful. It is. You have to to be able to win. Well, to I would choose Jonathan. Yeah, after today, it might happen. It might happen. Uh-oh. Have you finally gone too far? He might have. He thinks that every day. No. Once he finally gets comfortable and complacent, then he'll get fired. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that was like two years ago. Oh, well, then he's definitely gone. Yes. <laughs> we uh, actually fired him three years ago, but through some fluke in the payroll system, he keeps getting a check. <laughs> I would be okay with that. Right. Even for the fact I still showed up and I still got fired three years ago. We just corrected the we just corrected the mistake. It's fine with me. It's, it's my stapler. Uh, which one of us will have a statue made in our honor? Ken. It's mm. gonna be. Oh, I know where it's gonna be. I'm not gonna say it. <clears throat> or or wait, it's gonna be Jonathan at the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once he hits his million dollar mark, <laughs> million a million singles, million singles took forever. This Is it like the side from the McDonald's side where it's just rolling over every time I go? In. It just keeps going. Yeah, it just keeps going. Over ninety nine million served. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, uh, which one of us pees in the pool every time? Ah. Oh Pete. man, I don't know. Pete, right? Oh, Pete. Why me? Because you're peeing right now. I'm going to go with Pete as well. He's right. I am soaked in the couch. I'm not even sitting on the couch. Uh, which one of us should have their own reality TV show? Well, the four of us. All of us? Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, go with all of us. Yeah, come in here and set up a camera for this. Podcast the TV You've got show. got a camera, Pete. Oh, wait, I do have a camera. We could make this a reality TV show. I just realized that. We could. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Really terrible we could. Camera. It would be terrible. That would be wonderful, you bitches. Right. I'm with Dana on We're this. We're a team, bitches. What did Ken say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said that again. You did. In a little you bit did. different way earlier yeah, today. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't translate well to video. What, what was, what, what was I, what did I look like, Ken? Huh? What was the front? Oh yeah, you were uh, you were George Costanza in the front, Martin Van Buren in the back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the world's worst mullet. So imagine that. Which one of us is the most terrified of dentists? Hmm. Jabo. Jonathan. Well, I guess we'll go with me. Yeah. What was last time say, you went to the dentist? I was there today. A long it was time fine. ago. Yeah, long it's time not because I'm a likely story. You can say that, of course, because you're you know you're not there. No, I've never had a fear of dentists. Yeah, neither have I. But I just don't go. You just <laughs> they're expensive. Yes, they are. You're expensive. Not really. Really cheap. They're He's a pretty cheap date and easy to seduce. Yeah, all you need it's is a couple, all you need is a couple of singles. Apparently. Right. One can of Bud Light and a Snickers bar and take him home. You want to hang out? Just come on over to my house and we'll sit in my room. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he ropes you in. Don't do it. Don't do it. Next thing you know, you end up in, what is it, Pat Oswald called it? Uncle Touchy's Naked Puzzle Basement? (laughs) No. Uh, Which one of us would make $10,000 in commissions the fastest as a used car salesman? Ken. Ken for sure. Yeah, I would, mm. I, I would, I would say me. That's Ken, hundred percent. Yeah, he can do that sitting down right now. Oh look, I just did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he just did. Oh, there it is, that one. Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember if I asked this one before. It's possible. All right, we'll do it again. Which of the four of us in here? Which one of you? Which one of us would be the person you would call first if you got arrested? Pete. 
Ooh, good Pete. question. Who would I call first out of the four if I got arrested? You know, honestly, I would call all of you guys. Aww. You only get one phone call. If I only get one phone call, I wait, would wait, wait, call. Wait. I'm gonna change mine to Ken because I think he's got more money. For yeah, bail. I was gonna say Ken for the for the bail. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Ken for the bail. He could just make ten thousand dollars sitting on the couch. Right. No, so definitely yeah, definitely Ken. Ken for the bail. Because I've obviously done it. <laughs> so. <Right. laughs> I'd have to pick Ken too. Ken, who would you pick? I was gonna say Pete because he's probably the most. He he could be he could most credibly pass as a lawyer. Oh, yes, yeah, I can. Yeah. Do you have an ill-fitting suit? I do. <laughs> Excellent. I do. But I can pass as the Plus crazy with the glasses lawyer. and the receding hairline? Yeah, he's absolutely my lawyer. I can look very, very legal. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I can go with that. I'll do that for you. All right. Uh, which one of us would bring pot brownies to the church bake sale? Danon. 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 <laughs> He's got his hand raised. <laughs> Have you done this before? No, those things are... Why would I give those out? <laughs> it's a big sale, not a big giveaway. Right. Well, you're making saying money. they're not going to pay the appropriate prices. They're no. going to pay regular brownie prices. Yeah, yeah. That's not cool. But it'd be Pop funny. Brownies are cheap to make. increased production costs. Which one of us has found the one more than once? Found the one more than once? Yeah. The one. The one. Was the movie the one? We're making air quotes, everybody. The one. Right. One. More than once? More than once. Yeah. Drew, I don't think I any might, of us. I might have done that. Maybe Danon. I well, think Well, it depends on, on who who is agreeing on the oneness of the one. Are we, like, are, like are we moving into a sandwich argument? No, no, no. No. <laughs> I go with Danon. My vote is Danon. <laughs> I think we're I think we're getting ready to move into a little bit of a, a paradox situation there, sir. There's no sandwich paradox. Can you have the one sandwich? I'm gonna say Jimbo. <laughs> Ken's, Ken's gonna answer Jonathan. I'm gonna say Danon. So you guys Jonathan need the answer. Say I'm, along. Yeah. I'm gonna pick myself then. I'm going with Danon. Okay, Danon wins. All right, Danon wins. Well, guys, I hope you had fun listening this week. Uh, next week, hopefully, will be a little bit more funnier and a little bit more entertaining. And if not. You'll listen anyways. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, if there's if there's something that the three of you would like us to talk about, feel free to, to send us a message and let us know. And if you want to join us. Post in the comments. We'll, we'll give you the directions on how to get here, and you can join us. That's not true. We will meet you somewhere and blindfold you and bring you to the house. So make sure that you post in the comments. What did we ask today? Um, give us your favorite horror movies. Um, what constitutes a horror movie? And what was the other thing? The definition of a sandwich. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Tell us the definition of a sandwich. No, it I was whether or not a mozzarella stick was a sandwich. Oh, yes. Specific. That was well, the we didn't question. Know that we actually did that off air. No, we didn't. Okay. No, we so talked about that on air. Choice, mozzarella a stick sandwich, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, mozzarella stick sandwich, yes or no? Um, and like, as to what Ken said earlier, if there's something that you want our brilliant, brilliant, but rather insane brains to speak about, or think about are completely brilliant yet surprisingly dumb yes mm. thank you Ken um, leave, leave it in the comments and uh, we'll see what you got or you know just give us a comment to say hi at all right. catch you next time